been having myself like a little movie marathon, you know. I do it usually like every October. I was telling you about it. Yeah. So earlier today, I was watching the Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. That that narrows it down. Uh, no. So okay. So it's the the remake, the newer, the Halloween. Uh, okay. Where okay. they like the beginning of it's like when he's a kid and mm. he slowly turns into a psychopath. Yeah. Okay. So it's the newer one. So anyway, so I was watching that, and then I watched uh, Wrong Turn. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Love Hewitt? I don't know. It was like part four. Oh. Anyway. Mm. <laughs> Freaked me out a Sorry. little bit. Welcome to Crime Shots. That's Nikki. That, oh, I, okay. That's Bree. I'm Nikki. That's Bree. Exactly. So, Bree, today we are going to talk about Belinda Temple. Not familiar with it. Not familiar with Belinda Temple. Okay. So, this is going to start in her hometown where she was born in Nacogdoches, Texas. (gasps) Nacogdoches. Yes. We are very familiar with East Texas. And um, so, for everyone who doesn't know where Nacogdoches is, it is uh, about an hour and a half or so southeast of Tyler. Um, It's in East Texas. And the population is about 35,000. What is in Nacogdoches is Stephen F. Austin State University. Heck yes! So that's probably how some people, I mean, you know, I'm like not a I mean, I'm not a hater of Stephen F. Austin but I'm not, <laughs> Stephen F. Austin, like I don't well, even know. Well, you didn't go to college there. That's true. I did not. So, so <clears throat> I actually think they were our rival. Anyway, okay. <laughs> so Wait, which college? Because you went for like a thousand years to three different colleges. Excuse me. <laughs> I had fun in college, okay, and we're just going to leave it at that. So, Nacogdoches um, is where Belinda Lucas, which is her maiden name, that's where she was born in 1968. After Belinda graduates high school, she goes on to none other than Stephen F. Austin State University. While she's attending college there, she meets a football player that he's from, by all accounts, he's a football star and he's on a football scholarship. But anyway, his, his name is David Temple. Oh, big man on campus. Big man on campus. Belinda and David meet in college. They just clicked. They dated for about a year and then David proposed They get married in 1992. They both go on to get their master's in education from Stephen F. Austin. And then they get pregnant and have baby Evan in 1995. Evan. I love that name, Evan. I know. (laughs) Evan. They have Evan and they decide, you know, let's let's settle down. Where are we going to settle down? So they move to Katy, Texas, which is where David is originally from. That's his hometown. He went to Katy High School, born and raised in Katy. And so they moved to Katy. Mm-hmm. They're closer to, to his side of the family. And they both ended up getting teaching jobs at the local high schools. So Belinda got a job as a special education teacher at Katy High School. And David got a job as a football coach and a teacher at Aleaf High School. Mm. Well done. Well done. So they're living this perfect little life. They've got this 
beautiful house. Both have good jobs that they enjoy. They have got this son, Evan. And then in the summer of 1998, they find out that they are pregnant and they are going to have another baby. And this is going to be a girl. Mm. And they already decided the name. The name was going to be Aaron. Aaron. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know quite a few errands. Sadly, we all know this is not does not end in a on a good note, right? So, oh no, um, I was really hoping for a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> not on crime shots. So, <laughs> on January eleventh, nineteen ninety nine, Evan is three years old. He's in daycare while his parents go to the high school to teach belinda is at this point eight months pregnant so she has a month left to go and she is tired and you know we've both been pregnant Mm -hmm. so anybody who's been pregnant i mean it's a lot so she is at that breaking point she is this day january 11th 1999 so the daycare calls and says that Evan is sick Mm -hmm. and so Belinda tries to call because she's got classes uh, which of course David does too but she tries to call David to see if he can go pick him up she calls and calls and calls and calls David doesn't answer at this point she's a little upset right frustrated so she leaves she's got a meeting in the afternoon but she's like I'm gonna leave I'm gonna go get him I'm gonna try to get a hold of David and I'll be back so she leaves and she picks Evan up and she goes over to her her husband's parents or her in-laws. Um, they pick up some soup that they've made for them and so she picks the soup up and she goes home. So she picks Evan up from daycare, goes by her in-laws to pick up some soup and then goes home. Yes. Okay. She gets home and David comes home and he stays with evan while she goes back to school to finish what she needs to do she has that meeting Mm -hmm. so she goes back to school she has her meeting um and then she finally you know comes home when she gets home david decides you know she's had a long day she's frustrated she's eight months pregnant you go rest and david takes evan to the park and to run some errands so he leaves with evan they go to the park they go to home depot they go to berkshire brothers to get a drink And then whenever he gets home with Evan, he sees that the door is open and the window is smashed. So he grabs Evan and runs to the neighbor. His neighbor is, his his neighbor's name is Michael. And so he runs to Michael's house. Okay, just so I'm following you right. So David, the father, Mm -hmm. takes Evan to the park and run a few errands while the mother is supposed to be resting. Yes. And then when he gets home, the door's open and a window smashed, so he goes next door to Michael's house. He runs next, so he grabs Evan, mm-hmm. he runs next door and bangs on the door and tells him, call 911, somebody's broke into my house, take Evan. And he runs back to his house. Michael, the neighbor, Mm-hmm. turns to his his wife Peggy and says keep Evan I'm going to go help David. So so, so who is supposed to call 911? <laughs> so Peggy calls 911 while David is running back to his house and Michael the neighbor is running after David. Typical men. Thank God for Peggy. <laughs> So Gracious. David is obviously from he's left Michael behind, right? Mm-hmm. Michael and it's just across the street but he's he's running. So then Michael gets to the fence and the dog 
wouldn't let him go past the fence. The dog was being aggressive and jumping on the fence. And so Michael couldn't get past the dog. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. So somebody's broke into the house, but the neighbor can't get past the dog. That is so funny. All of this is suspicious. (laughs) Okay. So David, now, of course, this is, this is all, most of this is according to David. Yes. This is his, you know, testimony. This is his accounts of what happened. So David runs upstairs and finds Belinda shot in the (gasps) back of the head laying face down in the bedroom closet in the closet is this a big closet is this a walk-in closet or is this like a tiny closet it's a walk-in no it's a walk-in closet i mean and she's like either she was in the closet or going to the closet and she was shot in the back of the head and fell into the closet but she's on the floor Mm-mm-mm. face down okay. so david calls 911 from the phone in the bedroom I thought Peggy called 911. Well, Peggy called 911 to report a burglary. When David gets into the bedroom, he sees mm-hmm. Belinda's been shot, so he calls 911 from the bedroom. So there should be two reports, one of a burglary and one of a murder. Yes. Police arrive, and they also have to wait, because of the dog, <gasps> for David to come down Suspicious. to... Get the dog for them to be able to enter. What kind of a dog is this? Because I'm going to need that dog. (laughs) I don't know what kind of dog. It's a Doberman, maybe? I think I want to say it was a Doberman. Because I have three dogs. (laughs) And they still haven't figured out that when they touch the wire in the back, it's going to shock them. They they keep doing it. (laughs) Let alone keep anybody out. So when police are able to go inside the house... They see that the TV is turned over. They see drawers are opened. It it all looks and appears to be a robbery gone wrong. And Belinda either, she got in the way of it or something to that effect. And and she got shot for it. So the investigation starts. Who did this? You know, this is a, a small, quaint neighborhood. You know, things don't happen like that here. And everybody's wondering who in the world could have done this. And this is a school teacher. This is a school teacher, yes. They question neighbors, people that know them, and they're coming up empty-handed. They don't have anything to go on. They, so one of, so so someone contacted the police and said, you may want to look at Riley Joe Sanders. Oh, they Riley just give Joe, them a name. They give them a name. Riley Joe Sanders. Because when the police are doing the investigating, they're asking, do you know anybody that didn't like them or had a grudge against them or anything mm-hmm. like that, right? Right. So in their investigation, when they're doing that, somebody gives them Riley Joe Sanders' name. He is a student of Belinda's mm-hmm. at Katie High School. Mm-hmm. He's 16 years old. Yes. And Belinda recently spoke to Riley Joe Sanders' parents about him skipping school. Mm. And Riley lost his driving privileges. Mm -hmm. And by his friend's account, a friend of his said, you know, he was a stoner. He smoked weed all day and skipped school all day. And that was just what he did. Mm -hmm. So he skipped school. Belinda talked to his parents and come to find out. After, I mean, she knew this, but I didn't until researching. He lived next door. So Riley Joe Sanders lived next door to Belinda. So, of course, 
automatically, you and I both know the husband is going to be looked at first, right? right. I mean, that's just, that, that's that it's it's a given. The husband's going to be a suspect. Mm-hmm. So as of now, they have two suspects. They've got the husband, David, and they've got Riley Joe Sanders, the student of Belinda's that lived next door. Mm-hmm. Riley was asked where he was that day. And he said he was in school, but they followed up on that, and he actually skipped school that day. <laughs> he said he was in school, but test results <laughs> show that was a lie. <laughs> of so the problem that they're having is there's not enough evidence on the husband or Riley. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we I mean, there's no, there's nothing. We we got nothing. Mm-hmm. So the for the forensics showed that she was shot in the back of the head with a shotgun. With a David, shotgun. with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. This is Texas. Everybody has a gun, right? Yeah. So David, but if does you're not gonna have... rob somebody, it's a lot easier to like carry around like a twenty-two caliber than a shotgun. True. Does that make sense? Like, if somebody breaks into the house. The easiest thing for me to grab is a shotgun. But if you're going to go rob somebody and you're trying to, like, be discreet about it, it's difficult to just carry around a shotgun. Okay. So, David, Belinda's husband, Mm -hmm. does not have any shotguns. He has has rifles, Mm -hmm. but he does not have shotguns. Mm -hmm. Riley Joe Sanders, the student of Belinda's next door, his father said, told police that he has shotguns. Mm-hmm. And told Riley he could use them anytime he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Just so, so just that everyone up. listening knows, that's not necessarily unusual in Texas, yeah, right? Because a lot Texas. of children are brought up learning how to use a weapon. Yes. No, I mean it's it's completely normal for. I mean, if you saw, I can't even tell you how many guns my husband had. Okay. Anyway, we're it's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. I've seen them all. <laughs> he, he shows us all. <laughs> So after they've done some digging and they're asking questions to people, they find out that Belinda and David were having some marital trouble. Of course. (laughs) Of course. David was gone a lot. Um, and he didn't seem that excited about the new baby. Not, not as excited as I guess Belinda expected him to be. And he was gone a lot. So, she, I mean, she was just having a hard time with that. And Why was he gone a lot? Wasn't he a, wasn't he a coach? Well, he's a football coach. So why is and he gone a lot? So one of their friends actually said, you're basically a single mother during football season because they are gone all the time. Because they've got practices all the time or games and out-of-town games and everything else. Okay, so I have three children that are involved in extracurricular activities with school, two of which are in the band, which is included in all the same things that the football players are included with. They have practice every day after school, which usually doesn't last until, like, dark and then friday nights Mm -hmm. so i still don't understand like even away games i know that they get home really really late like sometimes my kids won't get home until one o'clock in the morning depending upon how far away it is but i mean they're home on saturday and sunday so i still i guess i I guess i'm just confused on how a coach can be away a lot does that make sense Mm -hmm. so let's let's find out more about him he's suspicious so they find out that he is 
having an affair with a new young teacher named Heather Scott. The oh. affair was just physical, but he was yeah, ha- he did better. so he was having an affair with Heather. Uh-huh. And did she work at the same school or Yes. Okay. She worked at the same school that David worked at. Okay. So in the investigation so of course he looks suspicious, right? He's having an affair, his his pregnant wife shows up dead. But the the problem is the detectives just don't have enough evidence to convict him or anyone else. Mm-hmm. So you, they have to sit on it. I mean, they're just what got to wait for something to happen. Mm-hmm. A little over two years after Belinda's murder, David and Heather got married. <gasps> so it was a little more than just physical. I would say so. Now, four years after Belinda's murder, the FBI crime lab results came back. Which I still, to like right now, I don't understand why it took the FBI crime lab four years yeah. to get lab results. But the FBI crime lab results come back four years later and the gunshot residue found on Belinda's, um, her clothing and obviously her, her head where she was shot and matched David's clothes that he was wearing that day. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, did was there gunshot residue on David? I don't know that they tested David. Okay, but that's what I'm saying. So, if they tested her for gunshot residue, mm-hmm. how is it matching David? It's matching the clothes. Her, what, so her self and her, her clothing matched the gunshot residue found on her person, right? Her body and her clothing. Okay. Matched the gunshot residue. There was gunshot residue also on David's clothes that he was wearing that day. Okay, so now the same there, residue there, is on both parties. Right. Okay, got it. Right. Question: Can that happen if he like touches her? Like if he walks in and he sees his wife laying, his pregnant wife laying flat, you know, face down, he goes over to try to help her, not realizing. So, so yeah, the short answer is yes. However, he didn't have blood on him at all. So he didn't touch her. Okay. So like he, and he says he didn't go over to her because it was clear she was gone. I mean, there was no, and I, and there, there is a 911 call that I listened to and he tells the 911 operator because she tells him, okay, I'm going to show you how to do CPR. I'm going to tell you how to do CPR. And he's like, I, I can't. There's no, I mean, because there's nothing there for him to do that. Because her, the, she was shot in the back of the head. So her face is gone. I mean, there's nothing mm-hmm. to do CPR to. Mm-hmm. He says that he didn't go over there. But at the same time, if he didn't, and he didn't have blood on him, then how'd the gunshot residue get on him? Mm-hmm. Right? Unless he was there. Mm-hmm. So. Suspicious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that comes back. It matched and everything. Mm-hmm. David is arrested in November of 2004. How many years later? This is four years later he's arrested? Well, two years after Belinda's murder, David and Heather, the one he was having an affair with, got married. Mm-hmm. Four years after Belinda's murder is when this come the results come back and David's arrested in 2004. Okay. Now, he doesn't go to trial until October of 2007. But when he does go to trial in October 2007, David is convicted and sentenced to life in prison. But it doesn't end there. Five years into David's life sentence, a friend of Riley Joe Sanders, remember the, the student that lived next door that was Belinda's student, called David's defense attorney 
and told him that he overheard Riley Joe Sanders say he killed Belinda. What? So with this new information, his defense attorneys are, you know, filing paperwork and they're doing everything they can to get David out. David was granted a new trial in 2016. So he's released in 2016 and he's out until his new trial. So it's coming up just short of 20 years, the 20 year anniversary David goes back to trial mm-hmm. and is found guilty a second time. Mm-hmm. The jury couldn't agree on a sentence. So, obviously, I mean, they could do, well, in Texas, we have death penalty, right? Right. Um, they could do life in prison. They could do, I even read, it was like probation. And I'm like, what? Like, I guess because of like time served. So they mm-hmm. could have done, you know, t- some time served. But anyway, so the jury couldn't agree on a sentence. So David was scheduled for sentencing in March of 2020. But we all know what happened in March of 2020. Oh, coronavirus. The coronavirus. (laughs) Got that Rona. So due to the coronavirus... It has been postponed until January 2021. So he's been found guilty, mm-hmm. but his sentencing has been postponed for like a year. So <laughs> I am, and there's, there's a lot of people out there that don't think he did it. So they have someone that has supposedly confessed to the murder, mm-hmm. yet they still find... Oh, no, 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 no one confessed. If you're talking about Riley Joe Sanders... Mm-hmm. He, to this day, said he had absolutely nothing to do with it. Okay. But didn't somebody say they overheard him say that he did ha- that he did it? Yes, but it is his friend's word against his. So it's Riley Joe Sanders' word against his friend. I mean, I guess, you know, looking at it from the point of the investigator, they have to go where the evidence is and not he said, she said. Right. So I totally get that. But at the same time... It makes me question, like, I I mean, on paper, like, for sure, David, Belinda's husband did it, right? Right. But there's that little piece in the back of my mind going, was it this kid next door? Well, see, here here would be my thought, like, as a juror. First of all, you're supposed to, like, say somebody's guilty without a reasonable doubt. Right. Without beyond a reasonable doubt, they're guilty. So, and to me... There's that slight doubt, like, what purpose does this kid have saying that he heard his friend, Riley, say that he did it? Like, what what would that, how would that friend benefit from telling anybody that? Was he trying, well, I know that they put um, a reward out, and I don't remember how much the reward was, Uh but it was a reward for any information they could get that led to an arrest Uh for the murder of Belinda. So maybe he was thinking he could collect on that. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was just trying to get his name out there. He wanted to be in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he did it. I don't know. I think, see, and this is this is like where what sucks is because I think that had that kid never said anything about Riley, then I think the suspicion with him is purely for the fact that she was his teacher. He lived next door. Right. And she basically told on him. Right. However, if he's supposedly a stoner, uh, stoners don't hurt people. Being high <laughs> just true. makes you happy. 
And if somebody gives him Cheetos, I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> I find it hard to believe that a stoner that really is just trying to skip school is just so vengeful against somebody that they would do something like that. Right. So I think right. the only thing that would make me question Riley is the fact that his friend said that about him. Yeah. So looking and at the point of the looking looking from the eyes of the investigators, I totally get why they were pushing for the husband. Right. And he's suspicious. He is suspicious. <laughs> don't be suspicious. Don't be. So <laughs> so <laughs> and I feel really bad for Evan. Evan lost his mother and now his dad's in jail and has been for most of his life mm -hmm. because he was three when this happened and mm -hmm. so he would be 25 now mm -hmm. and actually uh, Heather Scott because of course David and Heather married mm -hmm. two years after Belinda so Evan would have been five when they got married and so that's the only mother he's ever known is Heather <sighs> That's terrible. The only mother he's ever known is the woman his father was cheating on his mother with. Yes. Oh, that's terrible. Who did... I so, know. I wonder who he ended up living with. Who? Evan. Like, after Heather. his father got put away. What? Heather. Oh, also, a uh, little side note. So, when David is going to his second trial, this last trial that he had, Heather, shockingly and out of nowhere, files for divorce. Mm. But Evan's on his own now. I mean, he's 25. Well, yeah, so. but I'm just saying, like, growing up with his father in prison and his mother gone, I was just curious who he would live with because she's not his biological mother. I would think that he would go to his grandparents. Unless, I mean, I guess, unless she adopted him, which is highly well, I think possible. I, that's the only mother he's ever known, so he would have... I, I would feel like he would have stayed with her. Just because that's the only mother he's ever known doesn't mean that legally he she has rights to keep him. True. But if his mother had passed away when he was three and she was married to his father, she likely adopted him. Because she can legally adopt him if his mother's passed away. All his father has to do is sign sign consent saying that she could adopt him. But it's a slippery slope when it comes to custody and stuff like that. But yeah, there's not a whole lot of information on Evan. Um, well, I'm sure that families probably try to keep him out of the media just so he doesn't have to deal right. with it. Mm -hmm. And that's good for him. I mean, it sucks for him that this has happened, but good that he's kept out of the crosshairs something else that i failed to mention earlier oh so, mention it now yeah i'm going to okay when they were doing investigation right i told you david ran errands went to the park and ran errands uh -huh. with evan mm -hmm. he is seen on video camera with evan at Berkshire Brothers and at Home Depot, where he said he went. Mm. <laughs> See, again, you know, like, how how can you convict somebody beyond a reasonable doubt? And now they're saying that, so they were, not now, but at the time, they were saying, well, he's got an alibi. I mean, he, he's clearly seen, you know, when Belinda was murdered, he's clearly seen on camera several miles away. And... The prosecution was saying, well, we don't know an exact time that she was killed. Mm -hmm. So they're saying maybe it ha maybe he did it before they left. Okay, so, so let's look at the I facts know. of the case. We know that she was shot with a shotgun. Mm -hmm. 
which David does not have. But hold on, before you go any further with that, there's lots of people that have guns, and how who who knows that you have that gun? Okay, but I'm sure they search the, the guns home. right now that I have. I have. I can take one of the guns I have right now, and I could go throw it in the creek, and nobody would ever know I ever had it. <laughs> I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm just. I'm just saying. I mean, it's true. <laughs> So the fact that they don't find the gun doesn't mean anything to me. He could have tossed it when he was, you know, out with Evan. I mean, that, he totally could have done that. And um, Evan's three. He's not going to know. He's mm-hmm. not going to be able to tell. Mm-hmm. So that totally could have happened. Or he's innocent. And, he, you know, he never had the shotgun to begin with. Wouldn't that suck, though, if, like, it was just a a burglary gone wrong and this man is convicted and sentenced for something he didn't do he didn't do i don't know i don't know i mean it's one of those situations where it's like mm, you picked a bad time to cheat on your wife right because it really makes you look <laughs> like that really makes you look bad yeah uh so i mean i don't know we don't we don't know we don't know now with this case, plus the whole Chris Watts thing and all this stuff, men will oh, always be suspect if they cheat on their wife. Well, yeah, I mean, but that goes vice versa. I mean, women too. So, I mean, it's not just men. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it can go both ways. What I'm saying is if there's a crime tomorrow where somebody has killed their husband mm-hmm. or somebody has been accused of killing their husband and then you find out they were having an affair... I mean, it would be the same thing. Anyway. I mean, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. I can't. I just can't. I don't know. I can't decide. I can't decide if I... I would hate to have been a jury on that on either of those trials i would have loved to have been a jury on that trial (laughs) because i straight up would have been like uh there's not enough evidence sorry sorry not guilty I mean, I totally think y'all should keep him locked up until you figure it out, but y'all should have brought more evidence than just this. Well, they can only bring what they have. They should have got more. <laughs> I'm just saying. Plant that evidence. Plant it. I don't know. They should have done something. I mean, they should have tried harder to get a confession out of him or something. I have no idea. They should have tried harder. Either way, we'll see what happens with David in January of 2021 mm. and see what they end up sentencing him with. Mm. How many years or life or what they do. That's going to be interesting to see. So, yeah. I Wouldn't feel that be like crazy, I- though? Like, you're in high school and it's like, oh, the football coach is in prison for murder. Oh, <laughs> so do we have a game Friday or is that canceled? Yeah. that. <laughs> you see what I'm that saying? Would- like, that would be, like, dramatic for kids yeah so. i don't know i don't know but uh mm, mm, mm. good episode yeah we'll see we'll see what happens with david temple yes we'll uh we'll uh, check in on those updates sounds good all right another one down mm-hmm. on to the next all right here we go 